on today's episode of Locked On 76ers. We cannot talk about game two. Sixers Raptors tonight in Toronto. We're looking at this one as a must-win situation. And what are they going to do with the rotation? Is it time to switch it up a bit after five games and they won it for a record? We'll tap into it all next right here. Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you are Locked On 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia. Alongside my co-hosts and partner, of course, from the Inquire.com, Sixers beat writer Keith Pompey. What's up, Keith? What's popping, D? Oh, nothing, man. Uh, getting ready for the weekend, but we got two big games over the weekend. We need to talk about the Sixers and Raptors tonight. We'll dissect uh, what's going on with Matisse Thybul, the rotations, and look ahead to the Saturday matchup in Chicago against the Chicago Bulls, second night of a back-to-back for both teams. Uh, but before we do, let's thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers. Your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here, YouTube, Locked On 76ers. All right, Keith, uh, big game tonight. Maybe some changes possibly to the rotation. Should there be changes? They seem a little bit slow, less athletic. Probably time for Matisse Thibel to get into the mix, huh? Yeah, I don't know if they're like if they're going to be changes, but I'm going to tell you there needs to be some changes. And, and I'm not saying that. You know, Matisse Thibault is a guy. I'm not saying he needs to start, but uh, I'm saying he needs to play more than the, the the season high three minutes and 14 seconds that he played against the Spurs. I mean, we, we look at this Sixers team right now. The defense has been the Achilles heel. We talked about that yesterday, but it just seems like they can't get back in transition D and form a wall. It seems like in half court D, they can't stop dribble penetration. Um, it seems like that. You know, guys can't rotate. Guys have are, are slow on closeouts. And certain players are being tacked on the defensive end. And when you look at this 76ers team right now, it's one of those things where you say to yourself, like, hmm, this team, you mean to tell me this team has a second team all defensive performer? Like one of the top 10 best defensive players in the league? And he's not playing? I mean, it's one of those things where you can say whatever you want about his offensive game, but I'm here to tell you they're getting torched on a defensive end and they need to play Matisse Thibel. I mean, right now, this team yeah. is one in four. They could go on and, and take some L's. They need to play him, Dick. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you as far as the as far as Matisse Thibel goes, just because uh, of when you talk about his defense and you just gave his uh, his accolades there for these last two seasons as a defensive performer. And right now, as you mentioned, their best defensive game was probably against the Milwaukee Bucks. He did not play much in that one. Uh, but everywhere else in the other four games, it just simply wasn't good enough, man. And uh, defensively giving up 35 each to Brown and Tatum in game one against Boston. Once again, you head to San Antonio. You talk about him playing three-plus minutes in that one. Devin Vassell going off on the perimeter. Kelvin Johnson, Kelvin Johnson also having his way uh, on the perimeter. And while there may be, of course, there's room for P.J. Tucker to be on the floor, but you also need to have that other length and athleticism that Matisse Thibault does provide. Will he give you the points as you talked about? 
No, not necessarily. He may give you three to eight on any given night. We don't know how that's going to play out, but the defensive effort will be there. And being able to run in the open floor and transition to get him some points where maybe he's run to the floor for a dunk, an alley-oop, uh, layup finish where you hope he plays through it and just simply lays the basketball up and uh, versus pulling and stopping and finding a spot behind the three-point line as he flares out for a three, that's not his game. So you want him going to the basket. But I think there is some value in giving him a look along with more of Daniel House too because P.J. Tucker shouldn't be playing 31 minutes. It's just not it's just not not what he needs to be doing. And if I remember correctly, he was over 35 minutes against the Boston Celtics in game number one. He shouldn't be playing that high volume of minutes no matter what you're paying him because of the age, what we're talking about. And if they're going to be in the postseason, you're probably going to extend his minutes in the playoffs around that time. And with them struggling, it's time to, I agree with you, go deeper into the bench rotation. If House is going to play, Melton is going to play, you're also going to have to find a way to get Matisse with some of those minutes also. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, you know, unfortunately, like PJ, I, I think he's in a bad spot. I mean, if we want to be real, like, you know, you look at PJ Tucker, and you know, right now they got him playing the three, and they got him chasing a lot. First of all, he's what six four, six five, so he's a, a smaller guy, right, comparable to the guys he's guarding. So they're big, they're taller than him, they're way younger than him, and they're more athletic than him. And and when you do that, it's it's kind of like tough. I think it's tough for him. And, and he's older. Not only that, he had off-season knee surgery. You, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like I think that he's in a tough spot on his team. Like last year, he was with Miami. You got Jimmy Butler playing a three. You know, you got Bam at the five. We, we're talking about two quality defenders with you. And then you got um, Kyle Lowry was there too, another pretty good defender. So he's in the mix. But right now, when you look at this lineup, who do you have? You got PJ, you got Joel. The rest of the guys aren't known for their defense. So he's chasing around these Pascal Siakams, uh, Jason Tatums, you know. uh, uh, The two young guys that I just talked about for San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those two. Like, nah, that's a a tough, that's tough, man. So I agree 100% with you. And look, that is his job. That's his assignment to go out there and defend those players and slow them down and try not to allow them to get off. And he did a pretty decent job against Giannis in that second game against the Milwaukee Bucks. I think he only had, what, 21, 23, somewhere along those lines where he didn't go off. The Bucks won the game overall. But in terms of defense, yeah, he's exerting a lot of energy. And while he doesn't necessarily get really fatigued and all, it's time because we're seeing too much happen out there on the floor where it's too easy, especially – in Wednesday's game against the Toronto Raptors, whereas we talked about in our post-game uh, coverage there on right here on Locked On 76, was that it was just way too easy, way too simple for them to run their sets and get these looks at the basket that were way too comfortable for the Toronto Raptors. Pascal Siakam with that 15 points in the opening frame, he was doing whatever he wanted and got to wherever he pleased on the floor. His three-point shots were uncontested. He made four of them in the first quarter. He was tremendous. And you don't bring in, you know, another defensive. Sure, you bring in Daniel House to try to see how it goes in De'Anthony Melton. If it's not working, it's the regular season, especially early in the regular season, where you're still trying to figure out your rotations. You're trying to tinker with your rotations and see how things may work or not work. So far, Keith, 
they haven't worked the way that the Sixers, I'm sure, have, had anticipated they would. So it is time to tweak it a little bit more, starting with Matisse Thibel. We can get into it on the other side about what else may need to done with may need to be done with the rotation as we get ready for the Sixers and the Raptors tonight. Also previewing game number two later on, the Chicago Bulls game. We'll tap into that again on the other side, right here, locked on 76ers. Right now, let's talk about prize picks, right? The thing I like about prize pick is, you know, you could go there and, and you can do, you know, certain things and you could pick certain players. And, and, and there's a lot of things. Like, for instance, tonight I'm taking Luka Donis to score more than 26.5 points. LeBron James to have more than 7.5 rebounds. Kevin Durant to have less than 6.5 assists. And Steph Curry to have more than 3.5 three-pointer made. You know, that's good, right? So do you want to know how does prize pick work? So what happens is what you do is you pick two to five players and they will go. And if they go score more or less than the prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on an entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you and the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes M- um, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, and on and on. Download PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize pick will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. How come you didn't say anything about Ben Simmons? You just talked about Kevin Durant. What's wrong with you? Because, you know, I, you know what? I like my man Ben. And then when I talk about Ben, then all of a sudden, I was, about numbers. Like, I was only talking about numbers. That's all okay. I was talking about. All right. All well, you know, ben put Simmons him in the parlay. What you say? Ben put Simmons isn't going to have 12. He's going to have maybe. He had nine assists on Wednesday night. He had what? He had nine assists on Wednesday night. You can go yeah. with an assist number. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Quite that's question a- before we get to the next thing. Just yeah. real quick, real quick, real quick. Yeah. You think Ben is going to turn it around? Let me think about that for a second. Hold on. Let me, because I think I have a long winded answer. Let me, thanks for making Locked On 76 as your first listen for your second listen today. Check out Locked On Sports today from the gamers that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and highlights, insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right. As far as Ben goes, uh, I was very um, optimistic that he would be able to bounce back this season after taking the year off, rehabbing, mental health, the back surgery, all of it. Very optimistic that he would get back to his all-star level form. I've only watched him one time, and that was the opening game. His numbers haven't really jumped out, you know, nine assists on Wednesday, and their loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Some of the clips that I may see. Right now, Keith, um, because there's so much basketball, 
I want to say yes, but based on what I've seen, um, my answer would probably for right now be no, just because let's let's say because there are people who are using the back part as to why oh you can see his back is bothering well you can't see his back is bothering you see his back you see him reaching for his back at times because you know it's bothering him a little bit and in that moment could be yeah i mean he had the issue here and he had the back surgery this offseason so no one's going to dismiss that but if he's out there with a back problem right now so early in the season he shouldn't be playing you just shouldn't Uh, no matter what people will say about him if the back is a problem, he shouldn't be playing because all that's going to do is allow them to add the fuel to it of him being out there performing the way that he is right now, which is not good. And that's going to be their their uh, way of attacking him versus if he didn't pay. I understand it's a no win situation for him. If he wasn't playing, they'll say he's being soft. Uh, he doesn't want to play basketball. Those types of things. But. Right now, man, he's not playing good at all. He's not looking like the guy I thought he would bounce back to be the all-star level player. There's plenty of time for me to change my answer and say, yes, right now, Keith, it doesn't look like he is enjoying himself out there. He's doing the same stuff that a lot of people were questioning while he was here, myself included at the end, um, and not looking at the rim at all, even to the one clip that we saw circulating on social media talking about shoot it, Ben, from Kyrie Irving on the pass. He should have shot it. I understand Giannis tipped that basketball, but he didn't even attempt as he caught it. He just as he fumbled it off of a tip. He didn't even catch it and then try to turn and look because Giannis was falling backwards. Where I felt Ben could have at least got his normal, you know, that push shot that he likes to little floater right there. He could have attempted that instead. He passes to Durant, who made the basket, but he doesn't look right right now. I don't know what it is. I'm not there. You're not there. You're not around him enough. You're not talking to him to know what it is. But seeing him for four seasons, that's not Ben Simmons. Something's not right. Yeah, I haven't really paid attention, to be honest with you, outside of – because, you know, you're covering the Sixers, outside of looking at highlights and stuff. But the one thing you you said that's encouraging to me is that he had nine assists the other night. You know what I mean? And and the thing is, I think he just has to, you know, get his role together. And maybe, like you said, I don't know if his back is bothering him or not. I, I don't know. You know, maybe if it is, he wants to play because he's kind of sort of like, well, if I don't play, people are going to question me and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful for the guy. I'm just going to say this. I, You know, me and Ben, you know, it's weird. Like, I like the guy. He likes me. But I was the reporter who had to ask those questions at times. And sometimes we we had our exchanges. But but, um, you know. I know a lot of it's not popular to say that you like this guy in Philadelphia right about now, but at the same time, I wish him a lot of luck. I wish him well because you would hate to see a guy who has that much ability, that much potential, and being like 6'11". We used to say 6'10". Now I'm just saying he's 6'11". He grew a little bit over a couple of years ago, being 6'11 point guard and, and not living up to his potential. So I'm just going to say I wish the guy well. You know, I know people don't want to hear that, but I wish the guy well. And and I hope just like I hope for everyone, I hope that they can, you know, perform to their full potential. That's it. All right. Very well said, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. And we'll we'll find out as you talked about um, just uh, being out there on the floor, encouraging for the nine assists. Uh, You should look at the basket, though. That team is also uh, 
you know, not performing that greatly at this time also. So I'm sure they're going to need him to try to help out in that that way. Seth Curry, whenever he comes back, TJ Warren, sure all of that will be uh, welcoming. All of those two guys will be welcomed back with open arms uh, because they, they need it for sure. Uh, but that's their problem, um, you know, outside of the Ben Simmons part. That's their problem. Uh, we want to see the, you know, Sixer fans want to see the Brooklyn Nets lose. So, so uh, we'll, we'll go through all that. But while the Sixers are still not in a great place, uh, Keith, listen, man, um, the rotations in general. We talked about Matisse Thibel, uh specifically, but is there anything else that you would like to see change with the rotation? I do like the three-man lineup of the guards that we saw with Melton, Maxey, and Harden. He, he out, Him out there with those two players. He played over 20 minutes in the loss on Wednesday night. They seem to have a nice little rhythm together in that game. Can that translate uh, going forward? I think that is something that that could, you know, be a part of what they do um, a, as they continue to play. Uh, is there anything else or anyone else that you would like to see crack the rotation a little bit? Should Paul Reed play a little bit more? What do you think? You know, I, you know what is? is I, I think that he could, but I, I think like to see the problem I have with all these guys out here when they come in. Like Paul Reed, for instance, um, Shake Milton, for instance. Like when you come out there, come out there with a purpose. And I'm not saying that they're just out there, like just lollygagging or doing whatever. But it's like there's no statistics whatsoever. Like Paul Reed had a foul. He had a foul, right? Shake Milton, he'll get a foul. But outside of that, or he'll grab a rebound. But he's a scorer. So, in other words, if you're going to play these people, and they getting in there, put them in situations where they can excel. Shake Milton is in the NBA because he's a scorer. He's not in the NBA as an assist machine, not in the NBA as a, a rebounder, a defender. He's a scorer. It doesn't mean anything when you have him on the floor just running up and down. So you got to get these guys involved a little bit. Again, I know they're bench players, but you got to get them involved. So it's easy for me to say, play shake It's easy for me to say play Paul but if Paul isn't you know if they're not being in their right situations it's hard one guy Montrez Harrell we can you can continue him you can excuse me people can continue to criticize saying oh he's not doing it on the defensive end but I don't really see him getting a lot of shots either you know what I mean he's known as a scorer so you know what I think right now like Matisse is the biggest thing that they have um, yeah. that they got to make. I like, I also think that um, a guy like DeAnthony Melton needs to get more minutes. No matter how much he plays, he needs more minutes. And then maybe as long as Daniel House is continuing to struggle, then maybe if you got Matisse on the floor, then maybe you can say to Shake, I need you to shoot some threes. I need you to, to try to create some offense. You understand what I'm saying? Um, the Furcon thing, I know he's the best shooter, but but I, I don't know if they're ready to play him yet. They may be. But right now, again, if you're going to play him, utilize him, not just have him running up and down the floor. And that's what a lot of these guys have been doing. Yeah, Shake Milton probably uh, running with De'Anthony Melton is his best lineup because he is that offensive player and defensively, He's not going to do much where you can have both he and Melton handling the ball. But when it came to creation that, yeah, he can he can be the one that maybe takes that shot and gets to the basket and try to score 
for himself or for others, creating that uh, opportunity. Um, we already do- dove into what Thibel is, House, I would still give him looks, but I would also include Thibel to that point. But yeah, I mean, with, with Furkan Korkmaz, it's always that one, that, that, that tantalizing thing with him where if, if he gets hot, right? Yeah. And we have seen it, but we'd also seen it the other way where if he gets super cold and he just can shoot you out uh, of, a, of a run and Doc Rivers has to take him out of the game. So I am very curious to see if Doc Rivers decides to mix things up a little bit with this basketball team tonight against the Raptors because how it's going right now, even though they put up 109 points, they shot over 50%, they made 16 threes, and they got to the foul line. They didn't turn the ball over at a very high clip, although the points off those turnovers were um, demoralizing uh, for this basketball team and the transition buckets. I said a lot there of what is, still is a problem. They they are able to score back the basketball, 109 points. You should be able to do something with that. And that's where their defense has to be better, and it all circles back to Matisse Thybulle, Daniel House, DeAnthony Melton, and even possibly Paul Reed, just giving them a little bit of a run, not having them in there for two minutes, to your point, and then yanking them off the floor uh, as he talks about it. Doc Rivers mentioned having both Montrez Harrell and Paul Reed. One is a scorer. One is more of a rebounder and an energy player, defender. And that's where the that's where the, conf- the conflict comes in of, of who to have on the floor. Well, I think both of them can play on the floor against the Toronto Raptors, but you got to give them some extended time to see if they can actually do it. So um, that was kind of what we talked about last season and not giving players opportunity early to find out if it fits with their teammates in in this time. And Doc Rivers, listen, one in four, if they lose now, one in five, we'll we'll get into the Chicago Bulls next, but they can't afford to keep dropping these games because Keith, as you said before we came on, they have a pretty funny schedule here coming up as they – in this four-game road trip with Washington, they come back home for Washington. Then they have the Knicks on Saturday, the, the following Saturday, and Phoenix Suns on Monday, Milwaukee that later in that week. It's not, it's not going to get that much easier for the 76ers. And uh, with that, the Chicago Bulls, they're up next. Since we're not with you on Saturday, wanted to talk about it, preview it. Uh, the Chicago Bulls coming in. We'll be hosting the Sixers on the second night of a back-to-back. Both teams played the night before on Friday tonight. How will they fare against the Chicago Bulls? We don't yet know the outcome of the game against the Raptors, but they do need to start to get into a a winning way here for this basketball team. We'll look at the Chicago Bulls next right here, Locked On 76ers. Welcome back. You are locked on 76ers. Of course, that's Keith Pompey. I'm Devon Givens. Keith, the Chicago Bulls are three and two. Play five games thus far, like the Sixers. Sixers one and four. Chicago three and two. They take on the San Antonio Spurs tonight in San Antonio and then host the Sixers tomorrow. Looking at this basketball team, we already know Lonzo Ball is going to be out for an extended period of time. He is unavailable. 
Zach Levine did play in their last game. Not aware of what he's going to be able to do tonight, his availability against the Spurs. But they do have Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, two all-stars from a season ago. Some talent there with young players and Patrick Williams, uh, Alex Caruso, uh, Ayo Desunmu at the point guard position, um, Co Kobe White, Nick Vucevic, Andre Drummond, former Sixers on that basketball team. They have some talent, Keith. And while they are at three and two right now, look, they're better than the Sixers at this point based on their record. Looking at them, this is also going to be enough, uh, another tough game on Saturday night. It is. And, and not only that, like they're, they're trying to like snap a skid. A lot of people don't realize that Chicago lost 11 consecutive games to the Sixers. Right. Mm -hmm. They lost uh, Four games last, last season. Right. Yeah. Four. Yeah. 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 Four. So like, I mean, you know, that's they, they were swept. I mean, they basically they lost their last consecutive. I mean, last 11 straight games to the to the Sixers. So. So, you know, it's kind of like one of those things, you know, it's hard to say in the 82-game schedule you get motivated, but they would really like to get the win. Now, my question to you is right now if we're looking at this defense and that's just saying, you know, we, we got to assume that they're going to play Matisse, right, because it is. Because, you know, the last time they played a team that had two pretty good wings, they won for 70, huh? 35 each. 35 each. So now I'm looking at DeMar. DeMar DeRozan, who's going to stop DeMar? Right. Then you have Zach. Right. Zach Levine. And then Nick Vucevic, he's a guy that traditionally had pretty good games against Embiid. I mean, not like he dominated them, but he was able to do certain things. You know, you know what I'm saying? So then you got the Andre Drummond factor in there as well. And, and, and from that standpoint is the depth. Like, you know, you can throw additional bodies at him. So I, I think that this is going to be another tough one. Now, the crazy part is, is like, who's going to get the most rest the night before? Because they're both flying into Chicago from different cities. But, um, you know, I, I'm just looking at this and, and thinking that this is going to be another tough matchup for the 76ers. Very well coached by Billy Donovan, uh, their style of play. Another team that likes to get out and run. Uh, they do that very well with those two all-stars that you talked about, the other players that uh, – are able to mix in and, and, and get up and down the floor from White to Caruso, Desumu, uh, the second-year player out of Illinois at, at the point guard spot. Very good draft pick, by the way, uh, by them in the second round. And they have a good team, man. They do. And to your point, last year, they were embarrassed by the Sixers. I mean, they were – DeMar DeRozan would have good games, but they were still giving it to them where they swept them. And they just didn't really have a chance uh, in that in those games against the Sixers. So to your point, I agree with you. They're going to be looking to get at the Sixers early and often right now uh, ahead of their series this year and start things off on their home floor. So it's going to be a tough environment, tough matchup. Both teams coming off of back to back. So it should be an even playing field. But the Sixers right now, as far as our conversation goes and talking about them on a daily basis, they are. They are desperate for a win, desperate for something positive to happen and keep a, a good run, a good momentum going for this basketball team. So, yeah, th this is not going to be an easy matchup against the Chicago Bulls. Six is going to have to be ready. And, and all of that getting off to a slow start and, and all. No, the last time you played a team on the back to back night, the second part of it, the San Antonio Spurs came in and gave you uh, work here in Philadelphia. So this team is, is, is really good. Chicago Bulls, they're a playoff team. They will be ready for Doc Rivers and his basketball team on Saturday. True. 
prove that. <laughs> uh, well, listen, man, hopefully we're talking about next week, two wins added to their schedule as we prepare for the Washington Wizards on Monday in Washington to cap off the four-game road trip. But as we head into the weekend, we got to thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen all week. We really appreciate it. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Keith, you mind letting everyone know where else they can find us? Well, you know, where else you can find us is, like Dee said, wherever you get your podcast, right? And then secondly, you know, what you need to do is you need to follow, make sure you do yourself a favor and follow my man D on Twitter at DivineG975. And guess what? Y'all in luck tonight. I mean, D, I'm like, man, bro, they're going to have to pay you some more money tonight. So D is going to be on the radio, 97.5 FM from 6 to midnight. Yep. Yes. 6 midnight but y'all got a marathon going on over there well, bro? i mean you figure i'll be there starting at six then i'll go to about 7 15 um do the pregame leading into the sixers game since we are home of the sixers uh on 97.5 so play the game uh, on the air i come on afterwards with the uh, post game then i'll go until midnight not only talking sixes but keep this game one of the world series so um the game will be ongoing once I get back on the air and then they'll be done, hopefully, by the time I sign off. So, yeah, it will be a marathon tonight. Yeah, it's going to be true. It's going to be a marathon. And then what y'all can do is see this is what you do. So what you do is you listen to D, right? You listen to D. But then you also, while you're listening to him, you can go to Inquire.com and you can read the Inquire's coverage of the Sixers game and the Phillies game if you went to the baseball mm-hmm. as well, right? But then – where you can follow me is you can follow me at, like I said, the Inquirer. You can follow me at Inquirer.com, or you can purchase Philadelphia Inquirer. But you can also follow me on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. Keith, have a great weekend, man. Enjoy the game tonight. And, of course, safe trip to Chicago. And uh, we'll definitely catch up with you. Hopefully, again, we're talking about a much better product of basketball from the Sixers side uh, when we get back on Monday. Yeah, same to you, bro. Have a good one, man. Have a good Thanks, one. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.